morning, everyone. It is always so hard to break up this fellowship. Now you get to go do it again. Turn around, look at your neighbor, and tell your neighbor good morning. All right, we have just some really, really quick announcements. Um, Sleep in Heavenly Peace, uh, that is a uh, ministry that builds bunk beds for children in need. That will be September 10th. If you'd like to volunteer for that, please get with Al Truitt. He'll be glad to take as many volunteers as he can get. Um, Also, we do have some upcoming small groups. If you'd like to join a small group session, uh, you can sign up in the foyer. Sanctuary. We've got Larry and Christy Tannis. Uh, that'll be Sundays at 12:30, beginning September 11th. Chris Thomas will be Mondays 6:30 p.m., beginning September 12th. Uh, this group is for married or engaged couples who would like more information on how to strengthen their relationship. And we also have Al and Arlene Truitt. Uh, they will be starting one uh, maybe end of September, 1st of October. We'll let you know those details as they come out. Um, Also, again, there'll be no youth uh, ministry tonight, this evening. Uh, There's a leadership appreciation dinner, so um, if you have helped with our kids or our students in any fashion, uh, you are invited to this dinner. There'll be a small training session as well in that as well, so we'd love to see you guys uh, come, and that starts at 6 p.m. down in the FLC. That is it for announcements. And hopefully you've been keeping up with the reading plan because this week we are in week 35, Romans 12, 3 through 8. Our reading last week came from Romans 12, 1 through 2. He kind of took it easy on us, so I appreciate that. Uh, that, Those verses is, uh, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. With, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Some really awesome verses right there. I'm sure Chris is going to lead us into what those mean. Uh, we do have some prayer requests this week. Um, Our community mission focus this week is the associate pastor to student search team. Uh, Our missionary focus, and I'll probably mess this name up, is Rajesh Rajesh Murmu. Okay, and he is in India. And our church planter this, this week is David Martin in Auburn, Indiana. So let's just take a few moments this morning and lift these ministries up in prayer. God, again, we are thankful 
once again, you've allowed us to be here this morning. We thank you uh, for the ones that will be watching online. God, we just want to continue to lift them up always and always give you the praise and glory that you've given us an opportunity to be able to minister to those who cannot make it here in person. God, this morning we want to lift up our associate or, uh, to pastor search team. God, we know that it's been difficult. We know, God, that it's been a long road. But, God, we also know that you are working, God, that you have an individual that you want uh, us to bring here into this church to help minister to our students and our youth. And, God, we just pray that as the search team goes through these applicants, God, that um, you will be with them, God. Give them the guidance and the wisdom necessary. May their selections be in accord, God. But more importantly, may they, may they be in your will, God. May they just listen to uh, what you would have them to do as far as uh, who they select, who they interview, God. Uh, just be with them as they ask the questions. God, bring the candidates that you would have us to interview, God. And God, we just trust you that you are working, that you know what you're doing, God. And we'll just put our faith and our hope in you. And we'll just continue to lean on you and not to our own understanding, God. God, this morning we also want to pray for Rajesh. We want to pray, God, that um, being overseas in, in India, is it's really rough there, God. So I just want to pray and lift him up to you, God. I just want to ask that you uh, provide the financial support necessary for the ministry, God. May God give him wisdom, give him strength, give him encourage, encouragement, God. Uh, giving people that will um, volunteer with him, God, and help lift him up and encourage him as well. And God, we just thank you for what they're doing over there. We thank you that the word of God is being spread, uh, God, in a country that is uh, a country of many gods. So, God, we just pray that your word is lifted up. And, God, that people will come to know you and accept you as their Savior. God, we also want to pray for David Martin. And, God, we know that planning a church is hard as well. So, God, we pray for the financial support that is needed. We pray for the volunteers that are needed, God takes many people to help run a church so god we just pray that you will give him the help necessary through those individuals and god they will continue to praise you continue to honor and glorify you god and again to seek your wisdom to trust and hope in you god we ask all of these things in your son's name amen uh, next we want to pray for our local school which is jacksboro middle school our local church which is first baptist church jacksboro and our local business this week is the Campbell County Clerk's Office. So let's just take a few minutes and lift, um, lift our community up in prayer. God, thank you for the schools, the churches, and the businesses that we have in our community. And God, every week we pray for these churches and these schools and these communities. This week we want to lift up Jacksboro Middle School to you, God. And God, we just pray that um, uh, as the students are walking the halls, God, as they're just getting uh, just kind of tucked into the school year, God, that you will continue to bless them, God, continue to encourage them and strengthen them. Uh, God, be, be the wisdom that they need uh, to complete their task. 
May God also be with the teachers and continue to give them rest, give them encouragement, God. God, thank you for their service to our students. God, thank you for what they do. God, we just pray that um, if there's one there that doesn't know you, God, that you, your word is spoken, a seed is planted, God, and that uh, as, as that seed grows and you, you cultivate it, God, and that, that somebody may come to know you, uh, and God, that you can glorify and honor uh, your kingdom. God, we pray for uh, First Baptist Church of Jacksboro as they as they uh, perform their service this morning. God, we just pray that you'll be with the pastor, God, as they as they uh, as he leads his congregation into the message. We pray for uh, the members, the family there, God. That uh, if any of them among them are sick, we pray for healing, God. And we just pray that you will uh, be uh, hands and feet to that church, God. Thank you for what they're doing in our community as well, God. We just pray that you will continue to bless them, continue to use them, God, in a way that honor and glorifies you, and God, and just continues to bring uh, people closer to you, and God continues to uh, win souls for your kingdom, God. And God, this morning we also want to lift up the Campbell County's clerk's office. God, thank you for uh, what they do. Thank you for um, uh, their desire and their heart, God. We just pray that as they as they go through about their day of work, God, if there's an opportunity to share the gospel or an opportunity to show love or an opportunity of encouragement, God, we just pray that you will uh, allow them to do that, show grace and mercy. And God, we just thank you for what you're doing in our community. We thank you for the individuals that serve. And God, we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Let me pray and update. Um, First Baptist Jacksboro's pastor, Bill Arbo, was in a bicycle accident, and uh, he is um, okay. We talked with him some yesterday, and so just continue to pray for him, and we will pray. Uh, Luke, uh, Luke Mitchell is uh, coming home. Uh, he is um, uh, coming home today, so he had a twisted colon. They got that repaired and got him back on formula, and he's coming home today, so we're grateful for that, okay? Um, Charlotte's sister, Charlene, was put on hospice, so we want to remember her when you pray. David Pig is fine. We're not going to pray for him. Just <laughs> kid. We need to pray for David, but he is—he is better. He had some struggles this week, but he's back in, in gear. And then Susie Wilson ended up in the hospital on Friday afternoon. Uh, going to be there. Going to do a scope. She's having just some blood bleeding, um, some things happening. So just pray for her as they have a special uh, time tomorrow. Okay. All right. This time, let me pray for this. Father, thank you for our family and thank you for the opportunity you've given us to pray for each other. Father, that we come to the throne boldly to find grace to help in time of need. Father, we pray for Pastor Bill. and Father, as he probably is sore and struggling, but we pray for him as he brings the message this morning, God, that he'll be encouraged and that he'll be strengthened. Father, we pray for... Uh, Matt and Sandra, as they're bringing Luke home this morning, and Father, as the family gets to all be together again today, we just thank you for that blessing, and thank you for how you've worked in this situation, and thankful, Father, that it's coming to an end, and that they're home. Father, we pray for Charlotte's sister, and just pray for your will to be done, and pray for comfort, and encouragement, and wisdom, and all the things that's needed in this time. We pray, Father, for Susie, as 
she just is sick and can't hardly seem to overcome or get through it. And I just pray that the doctors, that, Father, you give wisdom to figure out and bring healing to her body. We pray for Doug as he's home today, resting. I pray that you watch over and care for him and keep him safe. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, uh, glad you're here. Good morning. And, and isn't it always good to be in God's house? Listen to, to what, what do we get to do when we're here? We, we get to fellowship with one another, encourage one another. See the joy, but then we also what we get to hear from God's word, and then we get to respond in worship. For um, those of you that are visiting with me and uh, visiting with New Horizon for the first time, you may realize and think for just a minute, well, where's the worship at? Don't you all do worship here? You just do preaching? Um, no, God led us a few months ago to do something a little different. Instead of having worship that prepares us for the message, we have worship that we respond to the message with. Um, and we believe that God led us that way very specifically, and we're staying to the path of that. Our mission is to bring glory to God by loving Him the most, by loving others as Jesus has loved us, and by making disciples of all nations. Our vision is to have a pathway where that people can grow in that very vision, in that very mission, to love God the most, to love others as Christ loved them, and to make disciples. Because, listen, just because we have that mission statement, just because we have it, doesn't mean that we're good at it. There's sometimes we're not even good at it. There's sometimes we miss the mark completely. But it's our mission to stay before us that we grow in that. And therefore, our values are that of what Jesus had. Our values are this, are grace, truth, and growth. See, Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. And Jesus grew, and we feel like we ought to be growing. Now listen, it doesn't matter where you're at. You know, you know we're not, it's, it's not about where you're at. It's not about that you should be where somebody else is at. It's that wherever you're at, we ought to be growing from there and learning. So that brings us to the title of today's message. And it is the Christian life. One writer called it the normal Christian life. One writer called it a radical life. Everybody's got a different opinion about what the Christian life is. But I believe today that Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, in a nutshell, is the Christian life. And how do we respond to that? What does that look like? And what does that exactly mean? So let's spend some time, let's take some time, and look at Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. First of all, Romans 1. I appeal to you, brother... I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Would you think about this? Paul makes a plea for us to live a certain life based on the truths, the doctrines that he has taught in chapters 1 through 11. He makes an appeal to us. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. The therefore points back to what he said in chapters 1 through 11. So, of course, we're going to look back at chapters 1 through 11. We won't take as long as it's taken us from January to here. But we're going to look back at them for just a moment. Would you, would you just begin to look at the truths of these 
of the, that come from these chapters. Romans 3.23. Romans 1 to 3.23 was a section that brought us to this statement. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It brought us all. Romans 1 to Romans 3.23 brought us to that place. Said everybody. It didn't matter whether you were religious, Jewish, or a Gentile. We all come to this ground where the ground is level at the cross. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.24 was, then he come right behind with it. Which was, thank God. Because if he stopped at 323, we're without hope. But he didn't stop at 323. He went on to 324 and look at what he said. Justified by his grace. Grace as a gift to be received by faith. Not something we earn. Not something we gain. Not something we work for. Not something we deserve. But it's a gift we receive. This justification, just as if we had never sinned. We receive it through faith. We just trust in Him. Wow. And then chapter 4 describes that faith using Abraham. And then we get to Romans 5.1. And look at what Romans 5.1 says. Because we've been justified, we have what? Peace with God. Favor from God. Next slide, please. Romans 5.2 says, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Romans 5.3 says that we rejoice in our sufferings. And everybody said, amen, maybe. <laughs> Wasn't real exciting, was it? We rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Because they're building us. They're doing something very specific in our life. They're working in us a work that we could have never imagined. So we're rejoicing in our suffering. In Romans 5, 4 and 5, what do we learn? Is that hope is not diminished in a time of trial, in a time of our suffering. Hope does not decrease, but hope is increased. Hope grows in a time of trial. It doesn't, it doesn't decrease. Then Romans 5, 8, you might be thinking as I was thinking, man, peace from God, favor from God, hope of the glory of God, hope is increased. Wow. God, can it really be true? Do I really deserve that? No, we don't deserve it. I can answer that for you. We don't deserve it. Well, I'm, I'm good now, Chris, though I've got my life straightened out and I'm going to church and I'm doing real good. Still don't deserve it. I'm sorry to bust your bubble, but we don't deserve it. Romans 5, 8 says what? Thank God we don't have to deserve it. While we were the enemies of God, Christ died for us. Wow, if He did it while we were His enemies, how much more does He love us now that we love Him? Wow, think about that. Romans 5, 9 said that we're saved from the wrath of God. Romans 5, 10 says we are kept by Jesus. We're forever kept. We'll never, we can't, nothing can take us from Him. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Next slide. Romans 6 and 7 talks about the Spirit of God working in our lives. But Romans 8 and 1 says what? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. None. Zero. No judgment. No condemnation. Why is there no condemnation to those who are in Christ? Because there's no condemnation in Christ. None. Zero at all. Romans 8, 12 through 14 revealed this. That we're adopted, welcomed, and loved by God. 
We are adopted, welcomed, and loved by God. Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Hear me out. Listen to this promise. Everything you have, everything that you're facing in your life right now, good or bad, is working for your good. Anything that you're missing in your life right now that you think you need is being withheld for your good. Everything, good and bad, all purposes work together for those who love God. You remember our chain? This is staying in my office now. Sometimes you may want to just come in and hold it. It's, it's a cool deal. Because you remember what Romans 8, 29 and 30 said? We are foreknew, we're predestined, we're called, we're justified, we're glorified. This is the deal, guys. Get a hold of this. Don't, don't let that scripture scare you away. fact of the matter is the only part of that that you and I understand or know is the called part. It's the link right in the middle. It's that part of the link that says, man, listen, you have been called by God. You belong to God. You, listen, it was when God woke us up and we received that gift by grace. We're called. We're called. Listen, some people think that's called to preach or called to do something or called to go to the mission. No, it's a call to salvation. And because we've been called to salvation, we can look back up the chain and know that God foreknew us. He had set His love on us a long time ago. And then He predestined us to be conformed to the image of His Son. And then He justified us just as if we'd never sinned and had been completely obedient to Him all of our life. And then has glorified us. And we got to know that, listen, we're not one day going to be in heaven. We're already there. This is what God has done for us. It's an amazing thing. And then Romans 8, 31 through 39 said this. What, if you're worried, you're scared about it, you're concerned about it, nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Take it, put, put anything you want in that list. There was nothing in that list that Paul left out. He put everything in that list and there was nothing. He said there isn't anything can separate us from the love of God in Christ. But then Romans eleven eleven. I thought, wow, what in the world? Romans eleven eleven said, through Israel's trespass, their disobedience to the faith, not to their religious practices, but to the faith, salvation has come to the Gentiles. So as to make Israel jealous. Do you think that this right here is a truth that is amazing to me? That God the Father would say. I have a child that's been, that I've called, but they've been disobedient and they keep trying to earn my love and I just want to give it to them for free. So they keep rejecting and I've partially hardened them in order that a group that has not sought me can come in and have me. That's you and I, by the way. And when you and I have this relationship with God, we have this relationship, it makes my other child jealous. In order that they'll return to me. Man, this teaching is unbelievable what Paul is teaching us right here. But the question is, is the grace of God that's in that, who would do that to their own child? 
Who, who would allow their own child to be set aside in order to bring another child in? Only God would do that. Only God. It's amazing. Now, Romans 12. Back to verse 1. As we continue to consider and think about this is our salvation. This brings us into a right relationship with God. These things that I've just talked about. Jesus our Lord and the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. It is not earned or deserved. It is, a, it is received as a gift given to us. We're justified by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone. And then Paul pleads for our life based on these truths. But not only these truths. Look at what he said also, I appeal to you, therefore, that's based on these truths. Brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God. One translation said, in view of God's mercy. You see, every day he's saying, we ought to give our life to God today. We ought to get up and say, God, my life is yours today because of these truths about salvation and because of the mercy we experience every day. Do you realize that you and I should be drinking the cup of wrath, but we don't have to because Jesus drank every drop? When you think about His mercy, would you think about, look with me at Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Jason Crabb just wrote a new song. Put it out on the radio. You know what it's called? Good Morning Mercy. That's a pretty cool song, man. That's what he's saying. He's saying, Good Morning Mercy. Listen, I want us to get a hold of that for just a moment. Do you realize something? Why is God's mercy new every morning? <laughs> Will you say that out loud so the speaker can hear it? Because we need it. Every morning we need His mercy, don't we? Wow, we're kept. But based on His mercy, based on, on this mercy that He's shown us through His, through his salvation plan, Paul says what? Offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is a spiritual worship. Paul is using temple language here. When we think about sacrifices for a minute, let's think about two different sacrifices that Paul could have been talking about. One would have been a sin sacrifice. Remember, he's living sacrifice. Let's talk about the sacrifice part. It could have been a, a, a sin sacrifice, but that doesn't make any sense because how can one who has sinned be a sin sacrifice? That doesn't make any sense for us, right? It made sense for Jesus because He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world because He who knew no sin became sin for you and I, right? So it's not the sin sacrifice. So let's think about another offering, another sacrifice. It was the burnt offering. 
And the burnt offering was brought by everybody. Required by everybody. And, and if you couldn't afford this sacrifice, then you was, could afford this sacrifice. And it was, on a, it was on a sliding scale according to what you made in a year. To what the sacrifice was that you offered. But everybody had to bring one. But it wasn't just that everybody had to bring one, but it was also, get this, none of the offering was kept back. None of the meat was kept back. None of it was said, let's take this part and burn that side. Let's carry this outside. No, the whole thing went up in smoke. Every bit of it. What's, God, what's Paul saying to us this morning? In view of these truths, in view of God's mercy, we should offer our lives, all of it, to Him. Completely. And you say, well, Pastor, what do you want me to do? You want me to... You want me to leave my job? You want me to just come to the church and stay with you all the time? What, what, do you, what do you mean all of this? Listen, this is what he means. This is, what, this is what the Jewish people, this is what religion does. Religion says, I go to church for an hour and 15 minutes if, preach, if, if an hour if Paul's preaching, an hour and 15 minutes if Chris is preaching. And I go to church and I do that every Sunday so that I can do whatever I want all week long because I've paid my dues for that hour. That's what religion says. Religion says, as long as I do this, I can live this. As long as I do this, I can do this. It's a trade-out in what you're doing. Paul's saying, that's not how the relationship works. In, in view of what this salvation that God has provided, in view of His mercy that's new every morning, may we offer our lives completely to Him. And you say, but how do I do that? How do I do that? How do I, how do I offer that? If I don't quit my job and come to church, if I don't leave my family, if I don't do that, how do I do that? We, we've had this saying in the church for a few years, put God first, put God first, put God first. I, I would challenge that statement, not that I would make it any different, but I would change the way we think about it. Because sometimes if we think about putting God first, what we think about is, I'll go to church on Sunday, it's the first day of the week. I'll, I'll give my tithe, it's the first of my money. I'll do that first. We, we think about doing that first. But then what we think about then, as long as I've done that first, then I can do whatever I want. That's not what God's asking for. God's asking that He is threaded through every part of your life. How you're living at home with your family. How you're an employee on the job. How you're an employer on the job. How you are with your neighbors. How you are with your parents. How you are with your grown kids. How you are when you play. How you are when you are alone. God is asking to be threaded through every part of His life that every part of our life would bring honor to Him. Not that we're in this exchange thing with God. If 
I give you this, I get to do this. If I give you this, I get to do that. That's not, that's religion. That's not a relationship. We thread it through and allow Him to be honored in every part of our life. Next, Paul speaks not just to the sacrifice, but the living sacrifice. Think about that with me. It's, it's almost seems like those two words can't even go together, right? Because living is constant. Sacrifice is dying. So he's literally causing us to... Con he's, what he's calling us is saying constantly die. Well, that doesn't sound like living, does it? And you think about constantly dying. But look at a verse with me, and I think I have it on the screen. Romans 8, verse 13. Look at that with me. Romans 8, verse 13 says this, For if you live according to the flesh, you will what? Die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will what? It, it sounds like in constantly dying, what God is calling us to do is to constantly live. See, what are we dying to? We're dying to the deeds of the flesh. We're dying to what we want. We're, we're picking up our cross and we're following Him. See, some people think we picked up our cross when we followed Him when we were eight years old or five years old. But the reality is, is we had to pick up our cross and follow Him every day. And we're dying every day to what our d desires are, the deeds of our flesh, what we're going through, what we're faced with. And then He uses this word, I'm going to get back to the holy and acceptable. I want to talk about for a moment the spiritual worship that he uses in Romans 12, 1 when he says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service or spiritual worship. In the Greek language here, the ideal is this, is reasonable or logical. In view of the truths about our salvation and how it's a gift and what God paid for us, our reasonable worship is that we offer Him our life. He gave us all. Paul says the reasonable thing to do is to offer Him all. It's reasonable. It's logical. It only makes sense that we would say, God, here, you've done all that. You take my life. You do with it what you want. You do with it as you please. Oh, does that make you nervous? Yeah, it ought to make us nervous. I'll deal with that in just a moment though. Why, it sh why we don't have to be nervous. But in reality, how do we do this? How do we do this? Look at verse 2. Romans 12 verse 2. He gives us two things. 
One, one not to do and one to do. So we're thinking about how do I offer myself? How do I reasonably, logically, how do I do that, Chris? It doesn't seem reasonable and logic in a way. How do I just say, okay, God, here's my life. Do with it what you want. Here's my life. Transform me. Conform me to the image of your son. Here's my life. God, help me to kill the deeds of the flesh today. Here's my life, Lord. Look at what he says. First of all, he says, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. The ideal is this. Do not allow this world to squeeze you into its mold. Do not allow the world to tell you how to think, how to feel, how to act. Would we just think about some things right now? Hollywood, we can watch sitcom after sitcom after sitcom. You say, oh boy, here goes the preacher going to get legalistic about TV and he going back a hundred years ago. Just stay with me. We can watch sitcom after sitcom after sitcom. We can watch movie after movie after movie. We can listen to mainstream music after mainstream music. We can, we can be involved in all. We can spend hours watching Fox News. We can spend hours watching CNN. I don't care what it is. I want you to hear me. When you think about it, all, all of that, we know this at this point. We might not have known 75 years ago that Hollywood had an agenda. But we know today we're not dumb to this. They have an agenda. Okay? We might not understand that social media has an agenda, but it has an agenda. And as we think about not being conformed to this world, the question is, are we allowing Hollywood, are we allowing mainstream music, are we allowing social media to tell us how to think, act, and feel? If we are, then they are what? They're squeezing us into their mold. And if they're able to squeeze the church into the mold that they want them to be, that's like them, do you realize this right here? Then there is nothing in us that would cause them to want what we have because they already are what we have. Conform. He says, do not conform to the image of this. Do not let them tell you what to, how to act, think, or feel. And then what does he say next? He says, but be what? Transform. Thank God for this word. You know why? Because the truth is, is the world has a head start on us because we're in a fallen nature. We're in a fallen, we're in this world, we're in this ugliness. And the reality is it, we need not just a conforming, but we need a transforming. The, the Greek word is literally, listen this, to change a caterpillar into a butterfly. From a worm that crawls and scares people. I don't know if you're scared of a caterpillar, but you might be. To a butterfly that everybody loves and enjoys. 
It's a transformation that has to take place. A changing, a, a drastic changing, and, and changing in our lives, in our minds. So don't be conformed. Don't allow them to tell you what to think, but to be transformed. And then what did he say? By the what? The renewal of your mind. Now, now notice what he's done. In verse 1, he said what? Offer your body. In verse 2, he says, renew your mind. Do you know why? Because your body follows what your mind thinks. Your body won't, won't offer and be in subjection if your mind is thinking like the world. If your mind is thinking like going after the desires and the lies that Satan would put before us. So, but Paul in this passage doesn't tell us how to be renewed in our mind. He just says, by the renewal of your mind. But I'm going to give you one verse that I've got on the screen. I'll give you a second verse that I'm just going to quote to you. The first verse is Colossians 3.16 says this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the Word of Christ get in you. Let the Word of Christ transform your mind. Let the Word of God. Not Hollywood. Not Nashville. Not Detroit. Not Fox News. Not CNN. But the words of God. Let them get in there and let them transform your mind to think the way that God would think. Let them rule. Let them have control. Do you know what the parallel verse that Paul uses for Colossians 3.16? You can look at this, but 3.16 he uses this verse and then there's a pattern of things that he says. In Ephesians 5, he has the same list of things, but it starts with a different verse. And the verse is this. Ephesians 5.18, I don't have it on the screen, you'll have to mark it down. Do not be drunk with wine, which is a waste of time, but be you filled with the Spirit. That really the two verses are the same. When the Word of Christ is controlling your life, the Holy Spirit has control of your life. The ideal is, don't let this world control the way you think or the way you act. But allow the words of Christ and the Holy Spirit to control you. That you may be different. And that you may have something that causes others to envy and want what you have. So now, as we continue thinking about this. Renewing of our minds, you say, Pastor, when I read the scripture by myself, I don't get much out of it. I get it. And when you're in here and you're listening to teaching, you're saying, I'm getting some stuff, but I'd like to ask you some questions. I wish you'd ask me. I'd like to talk about it. But our whole church is built upon what? Community. Community that happens here. Community that happens. I've been in two. I'm normally in two. It was a little different today, but I'm normally in two small groups on Sunday morning before I come here. One of those is all men that we talk and we share and we speak about the Scripture. Then one of them is mixed with men and women. 
Together, we're doing the same thing. Many times after those groups, the reality is, is when I get done with them, because we've been discussing what I'm going to preach today. When we get done with them, I normally, sometimes, I just want to rewrite my message. You know why? Because in community, people speak. And you hear. And you learn. And it's like, wow, i never seen it from that way. And wow, that was good. And man, I understand how you're applying that. And I couldn't understand how to apply it. And when you discuss it and talk about it within groups like that, man, the Word of God is what? Renewing your mind. Renewing your mind. Which brings about transformation. That we're not squeezed into their molds. Oh, I've got. You may be wondering. You may be wondering. I'll quickly go here. You may be wondering. How do I know if I'm being conformed or if I'm being transformed? Because it's not something. That's the problem with the idea of a church. We want everything to happen because we said a prayer. We want everything to happen because we dunked under the water it's not that way it's a process in our life look we looked at this in hebrews but i'm going to give you four questions but i want to look at the scripture first in hebrews chapter um, 5 verses 11 through 14 we'll start here there's four questions i want to talk about that are in these passages that will say am i being transformed or am i being conformed which is it this is what Paul writes in these verses. About this, we have much to say. He was talking about Melchizedek and Christ being a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And he said, and it is hard to explain since you've become dull in hearing. The ideal is this, that you've become numb or you become lazy in hearing God. Maybe in your quiet time, you're just reading just because you've gotten a habit and you're not really hearing God. In church, you're not really intently listening. You just, Chris, why isn't Paul preaching today? You're ready to go. You're not intently saying, I'm going to listen for God to renew my mind. In the groups and in the classes, if you're in a group and you're there and you're not listening to what people are saying, but you're just thinking of what you're going to say, you're missing it. We got to listen we got to listen. So are you intently listening for God to speak into your life truth that transforms? Second part, verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. Paul said, guys, you all at this point should be teachers yourselves. But I'm having to go back and teach you all over again. What, what is he saying? He's saying two, one of two things. He's saying you either forgot it or you either just don't care. The question is, are we being conformed or are we being transformed? Not only are you listening, but are you applying what you're learning. Are you putting it to practice? Because I know this. Until I put something to practice. I can't remember it. I have to put it to practice. Go to the next verses. 
For everyone who lives on the milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. So the ideal is this. Are you unskilled in the word? What does that mean to be unskilled in the word? It means that you can't help somebody who Satan is attacking, conforming, squeezing into their mold. You can't help your family, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers to have truth to replace the lies that the father of lies is giving to their distorted desires. And our culture has normalized. The only thing that sets free is the truth. And if we're unskilled in the truth, then we can't give it to them. So are you being transformed? Becoming skilled, understanding how to apply it. And then verse 14. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. Look at that. They're trained how by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. When you're being conformed to this world, think about our world right now. They ain't nobody knows good from bad or good from evil or they ain't nobody knows truth from lies. Think about the situation our culture's in right now. There's no discernment to say, hey, that's not right. Hey, that's not good. There's no discernment. When you and I are being conformed to the world, we don't know what's good. We don't know what's bad. We don't know what's evil. We don't know what's right. We don't know what's wrong. But when we're being transformed, man, we might not be able to know exactly what's wrong, but something goes off in our head and says, something's not right about that. Something's not right about that. And we have to step, step back a minute. You don't know how many meetings and how many discussions and things that I'm in. And sometimes I just think, something ain't, bad, ain't right about what was just said. And I have to think about it and step back from it and say, oh, that... I see now where that was wrong. Are we being transformed? Are we having our minds renewed so that we can offer ourselves to God? Last part of, uh, of Romans chapter 12 of verse 2, verse 2, yes, is this. That test by testing you may discern what is the will of God. I don't know about you, but I want to know the will of God. And I want to be there. Why do I want to be there? Because what is good and acceptable and perfect. Would you think about this? The Word of God is good, perfect. And the word acceptable, some translations use the word pleasing. Okay? Good, perfect, and pleasing. And sometimes we think, okay, it's good, perfect, and pleasing for God, but it's not good, perfect, and pleasing for me. But that's not true. Part of the transformation process that happens in our life is we become to understand that when we're in God's will, that our life is good, our life is perfect, and our life is pleasing, not only to God, but to us.
if we could ever understand that God's love and God's ways is so that you and I can, Jesus said this, that we may have joy and that it may be full. But you know what you and I do? You and I get distracted by the things of this world and we think they're going to satisfy and fulfill. You think they're going to give us joy and happiness and every time they leave us empty and with shame. Guys, today, will we today say, where am I, Lord? Will you pray something like this? I don't know. But will you just say, Lord, like David said, David said, Lord, search me and try me. And you say, boy, I watch a lot of TV. I watch, I stay on, I got my report today and I seen how long I was on social media this week and I got all this stuff and, and I'm seeing a measure. And, and, and listen, I'm not telling you to shut all that down. I'm not telling you to throw it out. I'm not telling you to quit. I think we'd all be healthy if we did. I'm just going to be frankly honest. But I ain't telling you to do that, but I'm telling you to check your filter. Because as you filter through things that you're watching and seeing and hearing and listening to, you've got to ask yourself, are they telling me how to think? Or am I just using this as entertainment and it doesn't have any effect on me? What is it, guys? That God is doing in your heart and life. That we can just say, God, I'm yours, a burnt offering. Let my life go up in smoke to you. All of me is yours. Will the worship team come? Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for a community of believers. Thank you for a renewing and transformation and conforming to Christ, not this world. Now, Father, as each of us sit, we'll stand and we'll sing. But as each of us are here this morning, may all of us, me and everyone else, may we evaluate the filter. May we evaluate, am I being conformed? Am I being transformed? What am I, Father? God. Father, we want to offer ourselves to You. Offer it. Offer it. By renewing our minds. By letting the Word of Christ dwell in us. By allowing the Spirit of God to control us. Father, we just want to offer today our lives to You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship. The kindness of mercy That bought with blood 
wholeheartedly my soul undeserving God you're so Jesus' name. 
the glory of Jesus' name. Let's sing it together. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so God, you're so good, you're so good to me. down into darkness open my eyes let me see beauty that makes this heart adore you hope of a life spent with you here I am to worship together love 
probably should have done this message in two weeks because I still got like 15 minutes of thoughts but I'm not going to share them but do let me remind you that just because God's will is perfect and good and pleasing doesn't mean it's always comfortable sometimes it's very uncomfortable it was uncomfortable for Christ in the garden of Gethsemane when he said, Father, if there be any other way. It's good and perfect and pleasing, but not always comfortable. Well, as we take communion this morning, don't forget, if you've not taken communion with us, the little film on top to get to the, to the bread that represents the body of Christ broken for us. you got to get it. If you don't get it first, you may not get it. And then the next one opens up the vine that represents the blood of Jesus shed for us. And for those of you that don't know, we take communion every week. Why? Because we want to keep the mercy that God has shown us in our view and His great salvation in our view and what it costs. There's no other reasonable option for us but then to do this in remember of Him and then offer our lives to Him. Father, my life, renewing my mind for you. As we sing this last song, take communion when you're ready. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted you were condemned i'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again i'm forgiven because you were forsaken i'm accepted you were content. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, should die? Amazing love, I know it's true, and it's my joy to honor you in all I do. Spirit is within me because you died.
salvation we're not trying to gain it by offering our lives but in response to what he's given us so freely we're saying I honor you in all of my life I just want to honor you God wow guys go and have a good day thank you for being here amazing love how can it be that you, my King, should die on me. Amazing love, I know it's true. And it's my joy. 